Amen. We'll take your Bibles this morning, open to the book of Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. Um, It's just a special day. It's an exciting day. What a wonderful day to be able to serve the risen Savior. To speak about him, to sing about him. And to understand that all that he did was for you and me. That we might have eternal life. In Matthew chapter 28, we'll begin reading in verse number 1. It says, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to draw toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. Behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door. And sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow, and for fear of him the keepers did shake and became as dead men. The angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. They departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. They came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. Now when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers, saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. And if this come to the governor's ear, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews unto this day. Lord, we do thank you for your word. As we read it, such precious words. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Lord, I do pray today that if there might be someone that does not know Jesus Christ as their Savior, Lord, that through your Holy Spirit, through the message of God's word, you'd help them to realize how much you love them that you want to forgive them of their sins and give them that gift of eternal life. Father, would you work in the message this morning? For those of us that know the Lord is our Savior, Lord, may we never get over what you've done for us. May it be a constant reminder of who you are and the glory that you deserve. Lord, bless now in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Of course, I think we all are familiar with the story. Three days prior to this, Jesus Christ has been arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. Judas betrays him. The Roman soldiers, along with some of the soldiers from the Jews, have come and arrested him, taken him to stand before Caiaphas, the high priest, and the religious leaders of the day. And 
they have accused him of blasphemy because he claimed to be the Messiah. The one that they had long been waiting for, but not the one they really wanted. And of course, they bring him to Pilate, and of course, Pilate can find no fault in him, but still takes him and beats him and has the Roman soldiers take that cat of nine tails and and whip the body of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, until his body, the Bible says, his visage was so marred that you could not even tell it was a man. The crown of thorns are placed upon his head and beaten into his skull. And then they have him take that cross and carry it out to Golgotha. And as they come to the hill of Golgotha, they take his body and lay it upon the cross and they drive those nails into his hands and into his feet and they lift him up into the sky. Just as Jesus had said would happen in John chapter 3. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. On that cross... He took your sin and he took my sin upon himself because, friend, there's nothing you and I can do to pay for our sin. And he willingly died that we might have life. The Bible says he gave up the ghost. Joseph of Arimathea, Nicodemus, and some others came and they begged the body from Pilate, and they took the body and placed it in a, in a tomb. As they placed it in the tomb, they thought all hope was lost. The disciples have seen their Messiah die, their Savior crucified, placed in a tomb. All hope is lost. The disciples think it's over. Mary and Martha and these others are coming to the tomb. Mary Magdalene and others are coming to the tomb to anoint the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. But when they got to the tomb, they found something they were not expecting. When they got to the tomb, they found the stone was rolled away. There's an angel sitting there. And he says, come, see the place where the Lord lay, for he is risen, as he said. Oh, What joy must have filled their hearts. This morning, as we look at this passage, I want to give you three perspectives of the resurrection. Three different perspectives of the resurrection. I want you to notice, first of all, the perspective of the clueless. You can ask my my family. I kept asking, I need a better word for clueless. Clueless just doesn't sound nice. You know, to say somebody's clueless, you know, but I just, I just couldn't find another one. And so please understand, I'm not trying to make light of that word, but the word clueless simply means they were unaware. Now watch this. Watch what happens in verse number two. You have these soldiers that are guarding. The soldiers had, were guarding the tomb and it says, and behold, there was a great earthquake for the angel Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. 
And I, I, I've, I read this and I've read it many times and I just, it just kind of dawned on me. Here they are, they're guarding this tomb and it's empty. Do you understand that? They're guarding a tomb and Jesus isn't there. Jesus, the, 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 the angel didn't have to roll the stone so that Jesus could come out. Jesus already has been out. He's already out. He's already risen. It's just he's, he's rolling the stone away so that others can see that he's not there. I mean, the soldiers had no idea that Jesus had already left the tomb. They were guarding an empty tomb. It wasn't until the earthquake and the angel rolling the stone away that they noticed something was up. We've got a problem here. Because we were here when they put him in and we haven't left this spot. And he's not there. This is what was so amazing to me. As diligent as I'm sure these Roman soldiers were and they took their job serious. They were absolutely clueless that Jesus had already risen. They had no idea that he was already out of that tomb. He didn't come through the door. He didn't have to roll the stone away to get out. He, he simply rose. He, he just walked out and they had no idea he was gone. Many, I believe today, are going through life clueless as to what today really is about. They're clueless. They're unaware. Oh, they, they may know the term Easter and, and they may even associate it with church. But really, it's more about getting together with family. It's more about egg hunts and bunnies. And they're clueless that Easter is all about the resurrection of the one who gave his life for their sins. Three days earlier, he had died on the cross and he was buried and he was in that tomb for three days and he rose to defeat death so that he can offer life. To all those who believe. You know it's sad that. There are many today who are. Clueless. They're unaware. Of what Jesus has done for them. They're like those soldiers guarding an empty tomb. They're using words and no doubt there are some people that. May even go to church on Easter. But they don't really understand. What it's about. Friend, it's not about you and me. It's about him. It's about what he has done. You know, I know there was a time in my life where I was clueless to it too. I had heard of it, but I didn't really understand what it was all about. But I'm so glad that one day I understood that I could not save myself And I understood that Jesus Christ was the only one who could save me from my sin. And that Jesus Christ rose again on that third day, defeated death, and offers life to all those who are willing to receive it by faith. I'm so glad there was a day in September of 1999 when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Maybe this morning you're unaware of what it is all about. It has nothing to do with egg hunts and bunnies and meals and all this kind of stuff. Those things aren't wrong. 
But that's not what it's about, friend. It's about Jesus Christ and what he's done for you and me. You know, it's not just the perspective of the clueless, but notice the perspective of the incredulous. The incredulous, the word means it's, it's a willful disbelief. Even though you see what is in front of you, you choose not to believe it. Watch what happens here. After the angel comes down and he rolls the stone away, the Bible says that the keepers, they, they became as dead men. For fear, the Bible says, they became as dead men. In verse number 11, it says, Now when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and showed it unto the chief priests, all the things that were done. So they're, they're explaining to the religious leaders what happened. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers, saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. What? Wait, what? Here these Roman soldiers, they go to the religious leaders, and it was really the religious leaders who wanted the Roman soldiers there. We don't know how long those, those soldiers had laid there like dead men. Maybe it was after the women left or maybe when the angel left, but finally they got up they go back into Jerusalem to the temple and they find the, the religious leaders and they tell them what happened. And no doubt they probably told it in great detail, man, this, all of a sudden this, this man in white shining apparel was there and, and, and he just, the, the stone was rolled away and, and there was nothing in the tomb and, and we were there the whole three days and nobody came in, nobody came out, but there was nothing in the tomb anymore. And, and they're explaining this story to these religious leaders. Now, remember, these religious leaders were the ones that had seen many of the miracles that Jesus had done. When Jesus was alive, they had they had witnessed these miracles. They had heard him teach. They were the ones that could find no fault in him. They had to try to bribe witnesses to bring false accusations against Jesus because nobody could bring a false accusation against him. He had never done anything wrong. And so they knew who this man was. They knew that he had prophesied that he would rise again. Do you know that? These men knew that Jesus had prophesied that he would rise again. Oh yes, they remembered those words. They remembered them. Look back up in the previous chapter. Look in Luke chapter 27. After Jesus has been crucified and they have placed him into this tomb. Look in verse number 62. Now the next day that followed the day of the preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate saying, Sir, we remember that that deceiver said while he was yet alive. Now alive. Now watch what he says. We remember that he said this after three days, I will rise again. So they were listening, weren't they? They were listening. They had heard him say, after three days, I will rise again. I wish the disciples would have been listening as good. Right? Where are the disciples? They're, they're, they're in a room locked up. They've locked themselves in a room. They're, they're afraid. Their Messiah has been crucified. But the Pharisees and the religious leaders, they said, whoa, wait a second. 
we remember what he said. He said, after three days, I will rise again. So what did they say? Command, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, he is risen from the dead. So shall the last error be worse than the first. They said, hey, we can't have, we can't have the disciples going around saying that he rose from the grave. That's just going to make us look really bad. Right. And so we don't want the disciples getting into the grave. So, hey, we need a guard. And Pilate, of course, is the he's the Roman prefect at this time. And so they go to him and they said, we need a guard. And, and we don't want this to happen, because if it happens, man, this is going to be really bad. And so Pilate says, all right, take your guard. Pilate said, and then ye have a watch. Go your way. Make it as sure as you can. So they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. You see, this was the whole purpose for the guards even being there. The whole purpose that the Roman guards were there was because the priests and the religious leader had remembered what Jesus had said. In three days, I will rise again. Now here comes the soldiers. Those ones that they had left at the tomb. And they don't look too happy. In fact, they looked a little worried. I can just imagine as those religious leaders maybe have been in a conversation, all of a sudden they see some of these Roman soldiers coming to them and they look and they recognize who they are and they see upon their face there's something wrong. Their demeanor is not what it should be. And they come and they begin to explain and they begin to tell What happened? Now think about this. The Roman soldiers tell exactly what happened. There were no disciples. There was no army that came. They tell them. There was just a guy in white shining raiment. And he rolled the stone away. And there was nothing inside. The grave clothes were there. But there was no body. Think about it. If if somebody was going to steal the body, I don't think you'd take the time to take the grave clothes off. The grave clothes were there. There's no body. Now they're telling them this. They were there because they remembered what Jesus said. Three days later, he said, I will rise again. Now these Roman soldiers are coming, telling them all that has transpired. They're telling them that they were there. They're telling them they were guarding. They heard the testimony of the soldiers. And what did they do? They still chose not to believe that Jesus was the Messiah. After all of that, the miracles and everything that he had done, the teachings and everything he had done, and even Jesus saying, after three days, I will rise again, and the, the soldiers being there, and then they come and testify about what they saw. After all of this, they still willfully choose not to believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Notice that they did believe the soldiers. It wasn't like they were calling the soldiers liars. They believed them. But instead of believing in Jesus, what do they do? They bribe the soldiers to lie about it and say that his disciples had stolen his body. It says they gave them large money unto the soldiers. That means it was a pretty penny. 
That was a hefty price that they had to pay these soldiers to lie and say that the disciples had come and stolen the body. And this was so preposterous. Yet they chose this. They chose this story over faith. They chose to disbelieve, willfully disbelieving. They were incredulous. Even though the the evidence was overwhelming, even with the Roman soldiers coming now, even all that transpired on the cross when you have for three hours darkness upon the face of the earth, the earthquakes that happened, even the Roman soldier at the cross said, surely this was the Son of God. And all of this is transpiring. And then now the Roman soldiers come and they say, he's not there anymore. And, 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 and we didn't see him come out and, and nobody came in and took him. He's just gone. And they say, well, just, just say that the disciples came and stole him. Do you, do you understand how preposterous this is? Fishermen from Galilee, overpowering seasoned Roman soldiers. These were not, these fishermen were not soldiers. They were fishermen. Overpowering seasoned Roman soldiers, risking the wrath of the Roman government. I mean, when, when they came to arrest Jesus, what did they do? They ran and hid. And you're saying that these are the same guys that are going to overpower Roman soldiers. It's preposterous. And yet, this is what they were willing to believe. This is what they wanted others to believe. Not only that, but the soldiers were taking a risk, even with this lie. To lose a prisoner meant death. You say, well, well, the prisoner was already dead. It doesn't matter. When you were instructed to guard something, you were not to let it leave. You think about this in in Acts chapter 12. You can just hold your place there real quick. If you want to turn over there, or I'll just read it for you in just a second. In Acts chapter 12, in verse number 19, when Peter is in prison, Peter's in prison, and watch what happens. The angel of the Lord frees Peter from prison, and watch what Herod does. In Acts chapter 12, verse number 19, and when Herod had sought for him and found him not, he examined the keepers and commanded that they should be put to death. You didn't just lose a prisoner because when you did, it was your life. And so understand that these soldiers are taking a risk. And even though the, 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 the religious leaders are offering them money to, to put forth this lie, they're understanding, hey, if this finds out that we've lost a prisoner, we could die. And that's why they even said, hey, if this comes and no doubt it's going to come to Pilate, no doubt word is going to get to Pilate that you've lost this prisoner whether he just walked out himself or whether the disciples stole him. It's going to get to Pilate. And what'd they say? We'll take care of it for you. Look again, look what he says. And if this come to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. They said, hey, we'll make sure that nothing happens to you. We'll make sure to talk to Pilate and we'll make sure to secure your life. You will not die. Look at the extreme, look at how far they were willing to go with this even though the evidence was all before them, the extreme that they were willing to go not to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. 
But you know what's sad? Is that there are those today that know about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but willfully choose not to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. They look at all the evidence. They see, oh, I, I, yeah, I see what Scripture says. And yeah, I, I, you know, I see that he's done all these miracles. And I see he's done all these teachings. And, and I see that uh, all the things that he's done, they cannot deny what he's done. They cannot deny what he has said. They cannot deny the change that he makes in people's lives. Yet they are still incredulous. They are still in disbelief, choosing rather to believe a lie than to believe the truth. Friend, you may be here today, and you may say, well, I know about Jesus, but I just, I just think that there must be some other way to get to heaven than only through Jesus. I just think there must be some other way. You know, that, you know maybe it's through a church, and maybe it's through a baptism, or maybe it's through being good, or, or maybe it's through some other way. Friend, all the evidence is right before you that Jesus is the only way. And yet, we, what, what do we do? Well, I just, I, just, you know, I just can't accept that. You would rather believe a lie? You would rather believe a lie of religion that says you can get to heaven by being a good person? You would rather believe a lie of religion that says if you join our church, you can get to heaven? You'd rather believe a lie of religion that says if you get baptized, you can, you can go to heaven? If you'd rather believe a lie of religion, that's what they were promoting. They were promoting a lie. Because they did not want people to know that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. You're not going to find a lie here this morning. We want you to know that Jesus is the Messiah. We want you to know that Jesus Christ is the only way. Look, it's not through First Baptist Church. It's not because, uh, that, uh, because of me as the pastor or, or other members of this church. No, 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 friend. It's not because of a baptism or a good work or something. It's only through Jesus Christ and him alone. That's the only way. Through his blood, we can have forgiveness of sins. And through his resurrection and defeating of death, we can have eternal life. And it's not through anything else other than Jesus Christ. But nobody can force you to believe it. We would look at these religious leaders and we would say, why wouldn't they just believe? May I ask you the same question? Why won't you just believe? You know it's true. You know it's the truth. You see the evidence of it. And yet you choose to willfully disbelieve. Why? Why, why not believe? Why not understand that Jesus Christ is the only one that can save you from your sins? Why not put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Why continue to willfully disbelieve even when you know, you know that what the Bible says is true. You know what Jesus says is true. Is it pride? Friend, don't let pride send you to hell. Is it family? Listen, don't worry about family. You need to worry about Jesus Christ. Your church, don't worry about your church. Let me tell you something. If your church isn't thrilled that you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you ought to find a different church. 
if they're not excited that you would put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, find some place that is excited about that. Because that's the only way. See, what's keeping you from believing? All the evidence was presented before these religious leaders and the Pharisees, and they willfully chose to disbelieve. But there's a third perspective here this morning. I want you to notice in verse number 8. In verse number 8 it says, These women have come to the tomb. They've seen the, the angel that is there. And the angel has spoken to them and said, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. Go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. But watch verse 8. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy. And did run to bring his disciples' words. Notice the joyous. Man, when they came to the tomb, they were, they were sad. They didn't know. Even they asked, how are we going to get the stone rolled away? Who's going to roll the stone away for us? We have the spices. We're going to anoint the body. We're going to do all these different things. But how are we going to get the stone rolled away? That day began in sorrow for them. But when they got to the tomb and they saw that the stone was rolled away, and yes, there was fear when they saw that angel there. But he says, hey, fear not. I want you to come in, look, look, at, look and see where they lay him. He's not here. He is risen as he said. Go and tell the disciples that he is risen. Go and tell them he's going to come and meet them. And the Bible says they with great joy, they were, they were joyous about what had happened. They finally realized, hey, Jesus is not dead. He's alive. And man, I can't imagine how fast they must have ran that day. Red Bull would have nothing on them that day. I'm telling you, man, when they heard that news that Jesus was alive, I'm telling you, they were gone. They were out of there and they were running as fast as they can because of the joy and the excitement that they had, uh, that they had understanding that Jesus was no longer dead. He wasn't in the tomb. Their savior wasn't still buried. He was alive and alive forevermore. Amen. The excitement that they had, the joy that they had. In telling the disciples. Now, unfortunately, did the disciples believe him at first? No, they didn't. Oh, but you couldn't change their mind. Even though the disciples were like, hey, you ladies, you've been, you've been in the kitchen too long, you know? That heat's getting to you, you know? What are you talking about? Jesus is alive. No, no, no. We saw him crucified. We saw where they placed him. We know. Hey, the Pharisees, remember, he said three days I will rise again. And finally, when Jesus walks in in a locked room he didn't need anybody to open the door he didn't need anybody to roll the stone away he just walked out and he walked in and they believed they believed you see there was great joy when they understood that jesus was alive they didn't come that day thinking he would be risen. They came to anoint his body with the spices. But when they got to the tomb, everything changed. The stone rolled away. The angel there telling the woman, he is not here for he is risen. And I love this. As he said. As he said. What did, what did the Pharisees say? Well, wait a minute. Hold on. We remember he said in three days I will rise again. And the angel says, that's exactly right. That's what he said. And that's what he did. He keeps his word. He said he would rise again, and he did just that. Their sadness was turned to joy. The woman believed, and they went to tell others that he was alive. 
It says that they, in in verse number eight there, they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy. It's interesting, this fear, uh, Mark says that they trembled and were amazed. This fear is not a fear of, uh, of, of being intimidated. It is, a, it is an exciting thing. It's, it's an amazement fear. How is this possible? I mean, yes, we understand that he said it, but, but we didn't think it would happen. And now they're amazed. They're in great wonder and excitement that Jesus Christ has, has risen from the grave. Just as we were singing those songs a few minutes ago. Just thinking of those words. The excitement that it brings. In my place, condemned he stood. And yet, even though he was crucified, even though he was buried, three days later, as he said, he rose from the grave. And we are able to serve a living Savior today. Our Savior is not dead. He is alive. He's alive forevermore. And he offers this life to anyone who will receive it. But you must come by faith. It's not by what you do. Because you and I can do nothing. It's by faith. Believing that he is the only one who died on the cross, was buried and rose again. Through nothing that you and I can do, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Do you believe that? Do you believe it? Maybe this morning, maybe, maybe you weren't aware of this. Well, let me tell you, friend, he died for you. And he rose for you. And he offers life if you'll receive it. Maybe this morning you've been a little incredulous. You've known what it says, but you just have chosen to willfully reject it. You haven't believed it. Why not this morning? Why don't you choose to believe? Why don't you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and him alone? The evidence is all here. As he said. And he offers life for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. As he said, will you believe? And I can tell you, friend, what joy it brings to know that your sins are forgiven. What joy it brings to know that one day we will stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. And just as we sang these songs today, hallelujah, what a savior. Oh, one day for all of eternity, we'll get to praise the one who died for us, who rose again to give us life. We could be with him for all of eternity. My friend, there's not a greater day. There's not a more joyous day than the day that you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Today could be that day for you if you're willing to believe. I wonder this morning with her heads bowed and her eyes closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking about. Friend, could I ask you this morning? Are you ready to believe today? Are you ready to believe? Maybe you didn't know the whole Easter story. 
You didn't understand that Jesus gave his life for your sin. You didn't understand that Jesus was buried and rose again to offer you life. Would you believe today? Friend, maybe you're here and you've been incredulous. You've you've willfully chosen not to believe. Oh, you've known the truth is there. You, you, you say, oh, yeah, I know Easter's about the resurrection, and I know all the miracles that he did, and I know what he said, and all of these things, but I've just never put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Why not do that today? Why not put your faith in him? He said, if you will call upon him, he'll save you. If you'll repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he'll save you. He'll give you eternal life. Do you believe him? If you believe him, why not do it today? Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I'm saved. I don't know. But I'd like to know how to be saved. I'd like to know how I can have my sins forgiven. I'd like to know how I can receive that gift of eternal life. Pastor, that's me. Friend, nobody else is looking about. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. But I would like to pray for you. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, that's me. I'd like to know how I can be saved. Would you just slip your hand up and put it right back down? No one's looking about. Just slip it up, put it right back down. Pastor, that's me. I'd like to know how I can be saved. I'm tired of putting it off. I'm tired of not knowing. I want to know how I can be saved and have my sins forgiven. Just lift your hand up, put it right back down. Pastor, pray for me. Are you going to continue being incredulous? Choosing to not believe? He's offering the greatest gift in what He has done for you. Don't put it off. Christian, Do you remember the day you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? Oh, the joy that it brings. But what did the the angel say? He said, go and tell. You see, that's our responsibility as Christians. We are to go and tell others about what Jesus Christ has done for us so that they can put their faith and trust in him. Will we be obedient and go and tell? Father, I pray you'd work in our invitation now. Lord, speak to hearts. Lord, if there's one that may not know Christ as their Savior, I pray today that they'd make that decision to trust you, not put it off another day. Lord, for Christians, that we would think about what you have done and the joy that it brings. Lord, even though we're unworthy of your gift of salvation, we thank you for it. And yet, Lord, there are so many that need to know. And it's up to us to go and tell that he is not here. That he is risen, as he said. Lord, would you help us to be obedient to your word? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.